Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Hey, Steve here, and today what I want to do is talk to you a little bit about the importance of understanding appropriate melody. And by that, I mean oftentimes when people go to solo, they they use their analysis to figure out what key they're in and what scale is appropriate, and all of that is important, no doubt about it. But oftentimes when we do that, we wind up just putting ourselves in a situation where, again, we've got the right answer, but we're not really making music with that answer. Let me show you what I mean. So in this particular chord progression, what I've got is a D chord and an A chord and a B minor chord and a G chord. So if you know anything about your theory, I'm playing a D, G, and A, which is one, four, and five, and then a B minor, which is six. Okay, so technically, I'm playing one, five, six, four is what I'm playing. If you don't know anything about your theory, don't worry about that, but that's what it would be. So I am, in fact, in the key of D, okay? So in the key of D, what that normally would tell a player is, oh, okay, so D major, that's what we want. Now, you have two choices. You either know your D major pentatonic, for instance. Right? Or you might know D major diatonic, wherever on the fretboard again. Okay? And all of that is great. The problem is is that oftentimes once we've got that answer and we go in and we actually want to start learning how to solo, we start trying to explore something, it winds up sounding more like this. Okay? And again, I'm not making light of it, I'm just being honest. Right, we, we, we wind up meandering through the D major shape, but we're really not making much of a connection musically. Okay, and the same thing can certainly happen with pentatonic. I might have the pentatonic scale here doing something like this. Right? Now again, none of that is bad. It's just when you're when you've been playing for a while, you can tell whether or not a, a player is actually making a musical connection or whether or not they're just meandering through a shape. Meandering is a great technique to learn how to solo, but it is not, in fact, soloing on its own. So what I want to talk to you about today is a different technique that you can use to get to that point where your solos actually begin to sound more like solos without having to know, you know, maybe all of your theory and that sort of thing. Because we always talk about like, modes and then we talk about arpeggios and all these things and they're all important again don't get me wrong but if you're not there and even if you are there oftentimes players still have a hard time making music sound like music so that's what I want to focus on today so here's what we're going to do we're going to break down these four chords and we're going to do a technique that I always refer to as chord chasing And basically what we're going to do is over the D major chord what we're going to do is we're just simply going to use D major pentatonic Okay, so if you think about it, I'm just going to go to the D with my pinky and play the the usual pentatonic position. 
Okay, so that's what I'm gonna use over the D. Now, again, I don't wanna use that whole thing. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, in the beginning, I'm just gonna try and segregate myself to two strings. I'm only gonna give myself the fourth and third strings here. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. And then when the A major chord comes up, I'm gonna move that exact same thing down so my pinky is now on A and I'm gonna play A major pentatonic. But again, I'm going to separate all the other notes out and I'm just gonna use the fourth and third strings. Okay. Now, you might know a different position or something like that, and it's perfectly fine. I mean, you might have to kind of readjust this to make sense in wherever you are. My point is, is that what I want you to think about a little bit is slowing down, slowing down your playing, slowing down your thought process, slowing down your breathing, because in this particular situation, you don't get a lot of time on all these chords. The chords move fairly quickly, so you can't just, well, I, I shouldn't say you can't, but you shouldn't always just try and play as fast and as many notes as you can in there. And I'm not making fun of playing fast. Playing fast is a wonderful, powerful tool to have at your disposal, but you've got to use it in the right places, okay? In this particular song, you know, I can, I'll show you where you might be able to do some things like that, but right now that isn't our focus, okay? So now the B minor chord comes up. So what I'm going to do is head back up to the seventh fret of the sixth string, which is B. I'm going to play my B minor pentatonic. <laughs> And again, I'm going to just give myself the fourth and third strings. Now, if you know anything about your scales, you know that B minor and D major are actually the same scale, right? They're the same key, they're the same scale, they share all the same notes. So what I did for D major is the same thing I'm doing for B minor. The difference, of course, is that the D major is probably going to try and kind of target that D note, among others, but certainly the D, where the B minor going to try and target that B a little bit more, okay? And then we move down to A, of course. Again, trying to target that A, and I'm only giving myself the fourth and third strings at this point. So D major, I'm coming up here, and I'm going to use these. A major, I'm coming down here, using those four notes. B minor, I'm coming back to that same position I was just in, using those same four notes. But quite possibly try and target that B a little bit more. And then for G major, I'm gonna hike all the way up to the 15th fret. And again, play B, uh, G major pentatonic. So D major, A major, and G major all look the same. I'm just moving around. I'm chasing the chords around, okay? Now, again, always remember that as you're learning these things to take your time and really focus on not only what they feel like and what they look like, but what they sound like when you start learning. So let's take a listen to this now. So I've got D, A, B minor, G. Okay, so what I wanna do is I wanna try and sort of chase around here, but I don't wanna fill way too much space at this point because I don't wanna be late every time. Now, we're gonna keep expanding as you watch this, but let's just start very simply. So I'm gonna do something like this.
it is going to sound a little bit choppy because I'm, I'm jumping around the fretboard and that's okay. It's a great place to start just trying to make some sort of connection to the chord. So over the D, you see I'm kind of targeting on that note D over the A, targeting the A over B minor, going to the B, and over the G, heading over to that G. So again, the logical brain says, oh, okay, so you've got a, a root that you're emphasizing. What about the third and what about the fifth? And yes, all of that is functional and all of that's okay. But you don't want your solos to sound like... Might be a cool little part to put in somewhere, but your solos can't just be root third and fifth. You've got to learn how to phrase and make melody with any and all of the notes that are available to you within whatever scale you're using. So what I want to do here now is I want to take that same idea, but I'm going to start expanding out just a little bit with using some of the other notes that I might know in some of the other positions, right? So if I think about it, if I was here, I might think about the D major. I've got that first position of D major, which is, you know, the same as B minor, however you want to look at this. And I know I can connect to the fifth position sitting right there, okay? Now, I don't want to get too far off course, though. I just want to use that maybe to connect those, those shapes together, you see? So I'm using this as just sort of a, a transition. Of course, I could build another one here as well, but again, I don't want you to, to, to think that that's the goal, is to try and just add more and more and more, because again, then you wind up in the same place you were before. The trick is just thinking if, if, it, if it sounds too um, broad moving from here down to here, we could fill in the space with something else. And that's where, for me, slides come in. I really love that kind of thing. So if I was going like this, and I'm just using this one fill position here. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. Again, that's filling in a little more space, a little more comfortable. If I know those, if I don't, I certainly don't need to do that. Okay, but here's the, the kicker that I really want to show you today that's really important. And take your time learning this if, if this is something new for you. 
Okay, but what I'm going to do is instead of trying to transition around the fretboard so much, I'm actually going to try and compile everything into one place on the guitar. So I'm still going to be using D major pentatonic and A major pentatonic and B minor pentatonic and G major pentatonic. I just want to put them all in one place on the guitar. So if you think about it right now, if I do this, use this D major pentatonic. And what I'm really going to try and focus on here is the top four strings, just, just to, to get us started. So D major, I've got a D sitting right here, right? So I'm just using part of this pentatonic here, right? So I'm going to use 7-9, 7-9, with 7 being my root right there. And then, of course, there's a D up there too. So I'm going to kind of visualize that for now. I don't want to forget what that looks like. So 7, 9, 7, 9, 7, 10, 7, 10. Now let's go down to uh, A major. And what I'm going to do is start on the A so you can hear what this sounds like. So again, I'm just playing the top three strings at this point of this A major. So if we go to that A and I play this... you'll notice it sounds the same. So I'm taking the A major pentatonic and I'm superimposing it over the top of the D major pentatonic. See that? And if I keep going, so I've got seven, nine, six, nine, seven, ten, seven, nine. Now the big thing I want you to notice about this A major pentatonic is seven, nine matches what I did in D major pentatonic. But the next string I've got six, nine got this note right here, which is a C sharp. Well, when I was playing D major pentatonic, I got the seventh fret, not the sixth fret. So this is a new, fresh note. And then seven, 10 is the same as D major pentatonic. And then seven, nine. Now that nine is an octave there. So that's at C sharp again, because in D major pentatonic, we were playing seven and 10. Now we're playing. And the reason this is so important is when I go to solo, and I'm using D major pentatonic. Any of those notes are fair game, right? And again, I'm gonna try and create a melody. But when the A major comes up, a really great thing for me to do is go to this new fresh note, this C sharp, because it didn't exist over D. And again, it's not like I couldn't use it over the D, but I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it for the A, so it really kind of makes a punch when you hear that sound. that so it makes for a really great melodic sound now you might be thinking well that C sharp isn't that part of the A major chord yes it is but again you'll notice that my solo isn't just going and just playing arpeggios right I'm trying to think about it from a musical context Right, trying to create something that sounds a bit more melodic. And I can certainly add arpeggios or anything in there, but my solo isn't based off just an arpeggio or you know, playing up and down a major scale or something like that. I'm really trying to think more about, or even listen more than, than that, okay? So B minor comes up. Now B minor we know is the same as D major, so nothing's gonna be different with the B minor. Except again, my B is there and there. 
But here's the deal, with the B minor over minor chords, what's really fun for me to do is I give them more of a bluesy feel, because it's minor, right? So if B minor comes up, I might throw in my blues note, little blues bend, you know, any of that kind of stuff over the top of that. You know, just that kind of bluesy sound, which again is going to break up uh, the monotony. D major and B minor are the same notes, but my approach is different. See what I mean? Now, when the G chord comes up, we have G major pentatonic. So let's go back down into this position and let's find ourselves a G. Well, we've got a G right here, but that's not going to give us many strings. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop back here to the 10th uh, fret of the 5th string and I'm going to build G major pentatonic right there. And again, if this is new for you, it's going to take a little time to soak in. So I'm going 10, 7, 9, 7, 9. So 7, 9, 7, 9 looks an awful lot like the D major pentatonic, but this 10... When we played D major pentatonic, we played 9. We didn't play the 10. You see, so that's a new note for us over the G. So we're playing 10, 7, 9, 7, 9, 8, 10. So there's that G again, new note, and then 7, 10. It ends with the same notes as the D major, B minor stuff. So we have one new note now for the G major. So let me just sort of kind of exemplify those, those sounds I'm talking about. Blues. Again, what I want you to be thinking about is the fact that if you took all of these scales and you put them all together, you wind up with D major, D, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, do, excuse me, D, I, o, and that's what you wind up with. But your thought process is different. The way you're thinking about it is different. Therefore, the execution potentially could be different because you're not just going... And I'm not saying that throwing in some sort of cool lick like that might not work great. It might be awesome. Like you might come off something where you're going. You know, you throw it in somewhere and that's perfectly fine. And you could do this anywhere you wanted on your fretboard. The point is, is breaking it down and understanding that over the D, you're playing D major pentatonic. Over the A, you're playing A major pentatonic, uh, B minor pentatonic, G major, that sort of thing. And then eventually you start noticing highlights, like notes that stand out more over certain chords. Now, does that mean that those notes can only be played over those particular chords? Not at all. But I was told a long time ago by, uh, a, I think it was a professor, that if you 
emphasize all the notes in a scale all the time, you're essentially emphasizing nothing all of the time because nothing is, is getting highlighted. So that's why it's really important to start thinking about trying to take certain pitches out of your scale and highlight them because it sounds more interesting in your solo, right? So... Like right there, all I'm doing is I'm taking parts of the chord, right? So D major, playing the top of a D major, and then A comes up, so I'm playing part of an A chord here. B minor, so I'm playing part of a B minor, and then G. Okay, now that might lead me to something else. Know, whatever it is that you'd like to do. Now, the last thing I want to show you with this is, is when I'm thinking about chord chasing, and this is something that I see uh, a lot of really great sort of pop country players do, rock players too, certainly, is that um, they won't just have to be obligated to a particular scale the entire time. Like we're in D major, no doubt about it, okay? But over the G, for instance, what's kind of fun is when it gets to the G, what I might do is use this note right here, which is a C. Well, C doesn't fit in the key of D. C sharp should be in there. Okay, but over that particular chord, I might try and do something that uses more of that tonality of the C over the G, over the G chord, just for that short time, right? So if I'm doing something like this, get to the D again, I got to come back out of it, right? So if I do something where I go, let's start at the D. So I have, and then I got my A, and then B minor, and then G. Okay, so I'm coming down here, so that octave. back on D again as I move up. great stuff that you can do with this and that's what I want you to be thinking about a little bit okay so enjoy this practice it hard and I'll see you in the next video next time on the Steve Stein guitar podcast what we're gonna be doing is looking at two different chords we're gonna look at E minor and we're gonna look at D major and we're gonna talk about some different ways of approaching being able to play these chords uh, different styles of chords across the fretboard and also some different things that you can do to incorporate some simple soloing around those as well
some different things that I tend to see when I'm playing. So the first thing we're gonna do is we're just gonna start building this with uh, a dry guitar tone here. Just a little bit of distortion. Okay, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take the E minor and let's just think, how many different places on the guitar do we know how to play an E minor chord? Well, you probably know the open position. And maybe you know like the fifth string bar chord. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.